Welcome to Talking Jazz. My guest today is Vadada Leo Smith. And he'll help me along with some pronunciation if I do things wrong. <laughs> but, yeah. but I am so excited to have you and showcase your music because there is a lot of it. And it's all really, really, really special. So, so welcome to Talking Jazz. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. And it feels fresh. I like the morning. It is early morning. And we'll start off with, I think, it's your most recent release. And mm -hmm. so I'm sure some listeners are familiar with you, but but not everybody. But just to make clear, I mean, you've been changing the landscape of music for over 80 years now with great releases, with education, even with your own notation system, with creative music making, which mm. I love. So on this first one, I hear a lot of Bitches Brew and 60s and Miles Davis. And it's kind of a full circle back here to breaking out and mixing jazz with some production ways. So give us a little glimpse in this new release before we listen. And of course, this first tune that we're going to listen to is dedicated to a, a great poet and writer. So we need to know about this. Well, the, the poet, writer, and the activist is, her uh, name is Shenge. She's a beautiful writer. She wrote a big piece about colored girls of uh, considering suicide which became a big Broadway hit, off-Broadway hit, I say it that way. And a movie was made out of it. But her writing is such an illuminating character about culture, how people interact with each other, the kinds of trauma and beauty that they go through. From anywhere from joyfulness to, to post-traumatic stress, the range is, is just incredible. But how she frames it, with these unoften used word phrases and structure gives it the, one of the most fantastic glyphs of rhythmic vitality. So, so Intozaki is about that. If you listen to her name, Intozaki, it's already constructs long and short sounds in it. And so music itself is not a portrait of her, or a portrait of her work. Because if we got a portrait of, we don't need another portrait. And her work stands for itself. So what, what on earth am I doing? I'm doing this. I'm making a psychological profile of Antozaki's impact on the world and me. And through that profiling that I am able to do of her, it's done through reflection. I don't just say, okay, I'm gonna do an Antozaki piece. And then I sit down and start writing. I reread lines in various books that she have in poetry. I reread lines. I begin to inculcate this element, this psychological element inside what she's writing and inside me. And I let those two parts connect with each other. And that's a familiar pattern with everything I've done long before 10 Freedom Summer. That was the way in which I work. When I do something about Mississippi, like, like the Mississippi Delta, I'm talking about not just the land itself and stuff like that, but I'm talking about that impression that one gets 
if they in the flatlands of Mississippi, because Mississippi has three kinds of lands, uh, you see the sun come up out of the ground. And at that moment, you're taller than the sun. And as it moves up, it strikes the middle part of your body and the rays from it are constantly moving. And then the last moment of magnificent realization is that when it rises above your head, you realize the magnitude of the human species on this planet. That is a small, tiny speck. And that that sun, if one is able to watch it in the morning rise up from a flat land, they can see and feel that in about six seconds, seven seconds. That's a, that's a great description. And, you know, I love the way sometimes people think, oh, you take musical language and you portray something, but it's... Yeah. It's about, yeah, the inspiration and the spirit of it. So I would say, let's just have a listen and enjoy, and then we can talk a little bit more about the production process of this album. Yes. So this is Entosaki, and this is from your latest release, Fire Illuminations. And it is now available on everywhere you want to listen to it. So let's have a listen.
from a brand new release called Fire Illuminations by my guest today, Vadada Leo Smith. And of course, you also heard him on trumpet. And if you were listening closely or not so closely, even it's <laughs> there's a lot of bitches brew inspiration in, in this album and not just, you know, playing, but also this new production technique that Miles used at the time with taking pieces together. So I'm curious, how was it produced? Is, what are some similarities, differences here? It is true that Miles and Tio Maserio worked together that whole electric mirror music period of Miles. One could say in a Tangerian way that they are related. You know, the whole idea of using the studio as an instrument and as a format in which the found version of a composition would be arrived at, all that stuff started really very early when, when, when in fact they, they, the recording systems was not as great as they are now. The isolation wasn't all there. But it was brought to fruition by Sketch Percy, those guys in, in Jamaica. That's how that Jamaica music was all produced. It was all piece by piece are made and they're put together in the studio. So Lee Percy and those artists, they had one or two microphones. So they would record bit by bit by bit. But then inside the development is once all the data is located and put in place, they began to construct these pieces. So the Marcelio Davis format is a little bit later in the in the historical circle. The Wadada Leo Smith element is much later in the civilized movement of those uh, ensembles and in, in uh, technology. How about that? So is there's a there's a touch of a glow from Herbie Hancock's head uh, headhunters. Mm. You say all of that music out of the late 60s, 70s, all that music has informed the world so much that no one can ever escape not being in touch with it, okay? And I'm one of those people. What I might say that that's very different is that I use not only process electronics coming out of the guitars and basses, which is what they did at the time, famous Piano player, uh, my, my, one of my favorites. I have a, three or four favorites, but but Caesar Taylor. What's the man that that played on Miles? What's his name? Well, we have Chick Corea. We have Simon. That's, that's it. Stop right there. Chick Corea. Is it Chick Corea and and Memphis Master for piano player? Those are my favorite piano players. Mine so, too. Yes. Yeah, so Chick Corea used the move Fuga in order to create his electronic through the electronics of the and the Rose, I played the Fender Rose on this on this, this music. All the Fender Rose parts of me, okay? And I played them the same way as I play the trumpet. I don't try to play them like anybody else. I play them because I need something, what I need, and that's what I put there. But I have electronics also, true electronics that's not generated from some other sound. And those subsonic sounds that we hear that's almost off the listening range come out of that. And then you, you have this kind of an electric motion of electronics in the higher, middle to high register. All of that stuff is, is different, you see. So, so it puts it into the notion of our times. I love that. Now, yeah. I won't use the word contemporary because all our words are played out. 
So the notion of our times is what it puts us into. It's, it's in our times and, and it gives us the relation to what was before. So it exactly. gives us the lineage. Exactly. And of course, yeah. you know, I, I love Chikori. I wrote a whole book about him because I love him so much. Yeah. Well, I, I wish I could read it. It's not in English, is it? It is in English. I'll send you one. <laughs> I'm going to have Ann write you and ask you to send me one, please. Absolutely. I love Chick Corea's music. Chick Corea, DJ, I love both of those piano players are completely yeah. different, but equally as creative and tremendously exciting. Mm -hmm. See, you can be creative and not exciting. Not as you can, because how people approach being different sometimes gets in the way of the emotional range in which an artist is responsible for. And it's that's what it suddenly comes. It's rare to have that combination. I absolutely agree. Well, let's let's listen to let's let we'll talk more about creativity, but let's have a listen to the fire illumination inside the particles of light. And I love the titles too, which is uh, another selection of this new release that we're introducing, Fire Illuminations, by my guest today, Vadada Leo Smith.
highlight the particles of light from the new release, Fire Illumination, by my guest today, Vadada Leo Smith. And we should absolutely clarify before we go on to the string quartet, the meaning of the fire illumination. So enlighten us. <laughs> well, fire is a form of transformation. In fact, it's the largest form of transformation that we see happening in spiritual documents, in novels, in poetry, in every form of our activity as human beings. We all acknowledge fire as a transformation. Our room is cold and we light up a fire. It transforms it into heat. It does a lot of things. It makes food that's unedible have the quality of being. So it's a grand notion about, let's say, destruction, but also transforming. And in illumination is the light in which it reveals this information that has been transformed. Let's say the fire that lights the light is the light that is to know. So it's, it's about that. My titles are all about my notion of how to connect with the poetic part of me mm. so that I don't say something that's not real. Let's be real. And, you know, so we're actually going to go and listen to string quartets. And I'm going to put the string quartet number three, movement one and two, right? one after the other. So we'll have a longer segment of music. But before we go into that, I believe this is something you did in celebration of your 80th birthday. And you shared all these string quartets that you started writing in 1965 over a very long period of time. Beautiful soundscapes. So just make sure to give us a glimpse what, what to listen for when we dive into these two movements. Yeah, they, I, I think the biggest thing is about my string quartet, quite string quartets, are that I learned how to write string quartets just by writing them. I didn't study with anybody. I didn't call up none of my friends and say, well, how do I write for this or that? I did it all through trial and multiple writing of the same piece. For example, string quartet number one was written probably five times, not only just for strings, but in all kinds of different other uh, combination of instruments. And mm -hmm. none of them were ever performed, which, which, mm -hmm. was, which is also a good thing in retrospect, because if I'd heard them in earlier in other forms, I might not have gone where I'm going. All that was part of my destiny is to, is to learn how to write string quartets right now while you're doing it. And then later I read that one of the great Russian string quartet is composer, that he rewrote, rewrote, and rewrote his music over and over until he learned how to how to write. And that was a confirmation that I had actually struck upon a tradition that already existed. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they started. And when I started writing them, my goal was never to write anything but the one I was working on. I never thought I would write, well, right now I got, I got 17 completed. I never thought I would write that many strength watches. I just wanted to write what I was working on. My biggest encouragement come from hearing the, the strength music of John Lewis, mm -hmm. because he, he has several pieces that's written just for strength quartet. Anne Coleman, who has at least four uh, string quartets in his archives. Those were my those were my first encouragements, and Bella Bartok became like for my I forget that maybe my 
50th birthday or something like that. I got oldest string quartets on the LP of Bella Bartok for a gift. Also, a study score of all six string quartets. Now, how perfect a gift is that? It's just magnificent. And then later, I discovered people that I really like, like Charles Ives, who has, I think, two, two or three of them. Schoenberg has two or three. Weber is probably one of my favorite writers of string quartet music. My latest love for string quartet music from uh, Europe is uh, Shostakovich. I've listened to all of his string quartets and I've actually, I have all his scores. I'm a person that learned how to write string quartets and at the same time saw a love for that kind of ensemble began to grow and grow and grow until it became probably the largest form of commitment that I've had to music. Ten Freedom Summer was 37 years, just as long as Ten Freedom Summer. That's persistence and work ethic. Well, well so, can I drop one secret before, you, before we jump into the other one? Go for it. <laughs> because I told you, I'm, I'm a guy, you have to shut up. You have to say, stop. Anyway, I have a, this, no one knows this. This is breaking news. I have a sequel to Ten Freedom Summer that's five and a half hours long. There is lots and lots more music to explore. And I record at least six to eight times a year. Hopefully some of that will get out. Now, some people, when they get older, they sit in their armchair and, and watch TV. But some others, they just produce more and more and more, which is wonderful. A good model of that, of that is Duke Ellington and Louis yeah. Armstrong and Stravinsky. And, and Chick Corea. <laughs> and Chick Corea, exactly. So let's let's have a listen. We're going to dive into this long segment and we'll put those two together. So yes. string quartet number three, and we'll do movement one and then we'll do movement two and this is the red coral quartet yes and this is a release that came out um just this past year on in june the string quartets numbers one to twelve by my guest today madonna smith
Quartet number three, and we heard movement one and two from a release from last this past summer by my guest Vadada Leo Smith, his string quartets number one to 12. And we're going to listen to one more very, very different release that is a 
four disc set with duets with different drummers. And the one we're going to listen to is you playing with Jack Dijonet. And I'm I'm curious, explain your relationship here to the drummers and, and your drive behind those. Well, all of them have deep connections with Fironak Loftelongis. I met him when he was 19. I believe he's 65 now. And he's been playing with me since he was 19, off and on. His connection with how we move through the pieces are very intuitive. They flow depending on how we approach them. Han Bennett, I met in Europe. I, I went on a tour with him and Barry Bailey and company. And I chose to ride with him in this large kind of a military truck. And uh, everybody else rode in some other kind of vehicle or something, but I chose to ride with him. We didn't talk because I'm not a big talker unless I'm being recorded. So most of the ride was silent and looking out the window, but it was a deep respect for silence, the kind where you're communicating through your, your mystical conscious realm and you're not speaking in words. You're actually just observing and being an observer of each other's space and, and stuff. So it was a fantastic ride. And then the van, then the big truck broke down. And so we had to abandon it and uh, get another way around. But then next time I met him, uh, that was all in the UK. This was in, next time I met him, it was in Dutchland, Holland, Holland, Holland. And we had the occasion to play all over Holland in various ensembles. I chose him to play a duet with, and that duet was just pretty magnificent. And then I, I chose to have him do the first drumming for the, for the duets. I went again up to Holland, to his town, and recorded there. As you can hear, it's a pretty kind of expressive, very energetic, fast-paced, different than, than the way I normally play, but it's, it's a challenge that you match the coercion and the openness of the, of the project. That was pretty beautiful. And at the time, I had not decided to make four dramas collection. I just wanted to do that. But immediately after doing the first one with Han, after I got back to the States, I decided I was going to do more and make it a really collective of stuff. And DeJanette was the last drama I used in the process. I wanted Firon, Andrew, and DeJanette to play the same piece, which is the Patriot Act. I chose those, that they all three of them should play the same one because I want people to understand that is not just a usual day in the office. Bob Molly said, oh Lord, oh Lord, give me a creation, not just another session. I'm paraphrasing him, but that's what he meant. And then he say, wipe out of creation all weak art. That's very cool. So I chose the Patriot Act to show these three different dramas. I wished I had had a composed the Patriot Act when I did Han Bennett, I would have had him on it as well. I didn't, but the next project I have with a drama, I'm gonna put another patriarch on, just for the hell of it. And I guess you know, it's if you wanna, somebody wants to compare the different drummers on that piece, That's, just look for this whole recording. So this is a five disc set, the Emerald Duets, it's called, and and it's I was recording in just before the pandemic, 2019 and 2020, then released also last year. I guess that was for your 80th birthday year. We yes. had a lot of wonderful releases. I, I basically just wanted to give a good river of what we had in store 
and yeah. have it all come out uh, back to back to back. I so appreciate you taking the time today and, and talking with me and sharing all the insights on this incredible music. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Monica. And next time. <laughs> we shall meet in person and, and eventually. And But before, we will listen to the Patriot Act Unconstitutional and a Force that Destroys Democracy. And this is Vadada Leo Smith in duet with Jack DeJanet from the recent release, The Emerald Duets. Thank you. Thank you.
Talking Jazz every Thursday at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 7 p.m. on WETF 105.7 in South Bend, Indiana, or online at jazzradiowetf.org, and Fridays at 8 p.m. on WICR 88.7 Indianapolis. Previous shows are also on my YouTube channel, Monica Hersig, M-O-N-I-K-A-H-E-R-Z-I-G. Please subscribe to the Talking Jazz playlist. Thank you for listening. <laughs>